hello 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 welcome to the 1001 experience and i am your host christine if you are new here welcome i'm so happy and grateful to have you joining me if you are returning you know i f with you the long way and if you have rated like subscribed shared this podcast on any of those podcast platforms if you have reached out to me to offer words of support or encouragement or to sow a little financial seed of appreciation any of those things or any combination of those things you know i f with you the super long way um your support does not go unseen or unappreciated um it truly keeps me motivated because this is a lot of work (laughs) this takes a lot of work but uh it helps me to be obedient to what my call is. And so I appreciate it deeply. Um, I wanted to talk about something and my prayer is that it is received onto um, open hearts, open minds and willing ears. Um, <clears throat> Because it might be a little bit of a hot take. I don't know. And I don't want to um, belittle or disqualify or dismiss any work that has been done in regards to what I'm going to say. I just want to advance the conversation a little bit further. Right. So in the last episode, I talked about how sometimes language can be limiting and sometimes we may use words or phrases because one you know head headlines and taglines and catchphrases and memes and all of that stuff and what can go on a t-shirt like the short form of things has its use in our society right but because language in and of itself is so limiting when we now shorten things we lose even more of the essence right and so I wanted to talk a little bit more about this idea that it's okay to not be okay and I say this with love and honor to anyone who has resonated with that and found any type of peace or comfort in that But no, it is not okay to not be okay. Like, that's not okay. That's not, it's not okay, right? And I think that when people started using that phrase, um, the goal was to minimize any type of shame or guilt or stigma around being unwell right and initially at least in my perspective and my understanding the the push was in acknowledging where you are having difficulties or maybe that you are unwell you're able to then seek out the supports and the resources to do and be and feel a little bit better right um but over time it has just kind of turned into this idea like no i'm not okay and it is what it is right i have anxiety oh well i'm depressed oh well right and 
Um, that hurts me. It hurts people to, it hurts me. No, let me not say it hurts me because I don't really take that. <laughs> I don't really take it too internally. Like I, it doesn't. I'm sorry if that comes off insensitive, like, but I don't, I don't internalize the fact that people do this, but I, I notice it and, um, I just pray that they're able to move through it because some people will identify themselves with their pain and their discomfort and their unwellness so much so that it becomes a part of their personality and they don't know how to exist in the world without it. Right. And this is one of those times where um, we have to understand language. And even though it might not be what we mean, certain words carry a certain energy. So when we spend years promoting this idea, and this is what I mean by like, you know, a, f a tree by its fruit, right? When you spend years promoting the perspective in the conversation that it's okay to not be okay even though what you're really saying is there's no shame in not being okay there's no shame in admitting that and seeking support for that um but when it's minimized to it's okay to not be okay um you start to see generations of people who are perfectly fine with functioning poorly and being unwell that's what happens. And I think that um, that's, that's detrimental to everybody. That is detrimental to the whole because we are all connected. So if there are people amongst our lives and our community who can only understand themselves in the context of their suffering. They don't know who they are. They don't know what life looks like if they're not super anxious or not super depressed or always being triggered or have a bad temper or any of those things, right? Just being emotionally dysregulated, um, having difficulties with like social skills and inter interpersonal reaction interpersonal interactions <laughs> tongue twister um due to their own psychological states right and oh well because it's okay this is how you can see that the phrase itself carries a certain energy whether that's what you mean or you don't and so i take a very um firm stance on saying no it is not okay to not be okay right it is okay to admit that you are not okay it is okay to um face the fact that you are not okay right it is okay to recognize that this state that i'm in is not the best that i could be and i would like to improve it i'm not happy with my experience and i want it to be different right and I want to add that um, there's a difference between improving and growing and recovering, right? 
And there's a difference from just kind of always learning more and applying that and growing. That is life. That is what life is. But when you are operating out of alignment, and that's truly what it means. Like when you say that you're not okay, in whatever way that that manifests for you, that means you are operating outside of alignment, right? Alignment with your true self and your true essence. So when you are operating out of alignment, this just goes back to what I was saying about being in your body and being on the right frequency to receive the things that are for you. And it's, it's such a challenging conversation because some people will hear this and say that it's, it's ableist, right? Um, and I, um, I feel that, uh, it's sometimes it's hard for people to see, but a lot of times, um, because me, anybody who has worked with me in any capacity, they know that I don't necessarily um, believe in our practice within the, the framework of good and bad, right? Not even really healthy or unhealthy, right? It's more so like, how is it working? <laughs> how does it work for you? What is your experience with this thing? Um and are you in alignment? But for for a lot of people, like those words, like, again, back to language, they don't, <laughs> they don't um, always understand that concept. Some people understand comfortable and uncomfortable, right? Healthy or unhealthy, adaptive and maladaptive, right? Um, so that's the terminology that I will use. I try to stay away from good or bad. Sometimes I throw it out just, again, as shorthand, right? But those words mean things, and it's something to be mindful of. But when we think about, like, ableism, right, there are certain things that your body and your mind are and are not capable of doing. And... Whatever is true for you in your body is represented in alignment, right? Your own personal alignment is not, it's, it has nothing to do with mine. With me being in alignment, what that means and what that looks like has nothing to do with the next person or the other person or another person, right? So it's all about looking at the evidence of your life. And when you take on any particular identity, what does that do for you? What is the fruit of that in your experience, right? And if the fruit of that identity does not match with your desire and your true authentic desire, not the desire that you're socialized to have, because I want to be clear, there are some people who are socialized to hate their own bodies, and that's not authentic. That is not in alignment. So you may have a desire to do a certain thing and that is not um, in alignment with your true essence, right? So it's very nuanced and the idea is very personal. And so there's no 
all-encompassing umbrella to um to classify people's experience so to i to label something as a- ableist it lumps people together right <laughs> it lumps the people who are in alignment and their alignment does not look like what we have been socialized to believe is normal versus people who are operating out of alignment and so when i talk about people who make an identity out of not being okay i am speaking specifically about the people who are inauthentic and operating outside of alignment okay and it's very hard for people to hear but every experience that you have in life is built off of choices and you are always when I talked about before energy is constantly constantly moving so if you have the same experience over and over and over again it is because you are maintaining the same energy right and so there is always a different choice available to you You you're always able to shift your frequency at any given moment at any given time in any situation in any circumstance you are always able to make a different choice to adjust your frequency and then have a different experience you are always able to move back toward alignment. Some people, and it's, honestly, it really just goes back to being in your body and knowing what your home frequency is. Because if you know what your home frequency is, then you can recognize what is an actual um, boundary that exists within your body and within your mind versus what is the fruit of maintaining um, energy that is not authentic in alignment with your true essence. And if that is what you are doing, that is not okay. That doesn't mean you should be ashamed of it because and here's the flip side of it right if it may sound like i'm coming down pretty hard but the flip side is that um whatever strategies or behaviors that you engage in that maintain that energy have kept you alive and they were necessary at some point right they got you to where you are and so they are not to be this is why it goes back to the idea of not being ashamed right you have gratitude for those things when we talk specifically about like anxiety and depression and all of those things right psychologically when your brain um may may respond to stressors a certain way And even though the fruit of it may be uncomfortable, it's actually your body and your brain's way of managing distress 
literally keeping you alive. (laughs) Right? And so if you are able, this goes back to the last podcast about language and how it's not all encompassing. And sometimes you have to shift your frequency and recognize that language, the way that you understand it might still be missing something. And so you have to be open to other possibilities, right? The moment you open yourself up to another possibility is when you're able to recognize that there's another choice. But when you exist on a certain frequency, somebody telling you that you can make a different choice sounds dismissive. And I'm not going, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to gaslight you. A lot of times it is. (laughs) A lot of times people say, just be happy. And it's funny because in some ways, like in therapy, we teach people that smile. (laughs) If you look in the mirror and smile long enough, it'll, you know, release some chemicals in your brain, right? Do things that bring you joy, right? Kickstart your your nervous system to experience joy, even though you got to force it. That is literally a therapeutic intervention. But when you're expressing something to someone and they respond to that by saying, just be happy, it don't hit the same. (laughs) And again, these are the limitations of language, right? We could be saying the same thing, but there's energy behind what I'm saying as a therapist and what that person is saying to you. Um, And it's not the same. It's not the same. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I I hope that makes sense. Um, I just want to encourage people to... um, No, you know, this is what I think it is. So I feel like the majority of what I've been talking about um, these last couple episodes, it has all kind of boiled down to the idea of being attuned to your own home frequency. And what I hear intuitively is that um there are a lot of there are a lot of barriers and challenges that are being broken down both visibly and not necessarily in a way that we can perceive just yet right and because of that there's it's going to create a, a void okay there will be like a the word for it is, it's weird, but the word for it is like chaos, right? Chaos is like pure creative energy where there's matter and no organization, right? And then when that channel opens, literally anything is possible for you. And that is a channel that has been... um these last couple years, it's been opening more and more. And I feel like it's just going to continue. Um, that energy is going to be continue to become available. There may be like specific points in time. I'm no astrologer. And again, I'm saying this kind of intuitively. 
Um, but there will come a point in time where it's like, it's very clear. It's very clear that a lot of stuff has crumbled and a lot of people see that in panic. This goes back to the idea of just transformation in general, right? When stuff falls apart, things are coming together. That is a great place to be in, but you are only able to use it. You are only able to uh, be skillful and masterful in it. If you are in your, you got to be on the right wavelength. You got to be in your spot. Are you in your spot? (laughs) You gonna fuck around and miss the call. You gonna fuck around and miss the call because you're not in your spot. Get in your spot. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When the blessings come around looking for you and you over there minding somebody else's business, you wasn't sitting in your seat. And that's and that's why I feel so passionately. Like I talked about vices, right? And I talked about how language is limiting. I talked about how important it is to kind of find your home frequency and to trust it. I talk about how important it is to to not identify with your pain and your struggle because these are things that keep us from being in our seat. And I want for people to be able to experience what is available for them to experience, right? And so as there's no judgment in anything that I'm saying. And it's interesting because people have called me judgments in the past. And it has always really, really hurt my feelings. <laughs> and one of the reasons it was always so hurtful to me is because I never looked at someone as lesser because of something that I was that I perceived that may not have been the most desirable trait or behavior but I'm also a very blunt and direct person (laughs) and when I would address it thing um and it's typically like people wouldn't tell me in the moment that they felt judged by me but it would be like in a conflict like Later on, they would say that they felt I was judgmental. And I'm like, I've never judged you. I've never passed a judgment on you. I might have passed a judgment on that bullshit you did. (laughs) But I never looked at you any differently. And that used to really hurt me. And one, I had to kind of get to understand my own inner critic because if I ever sound judgmental to you please understand (laughs) that my internal critic goes hard me and sis have really had to get each other together because sis be on my head wanting to make sure that everything is perfect and everything is right and that has been something I've had to really embrace. That That's a shadow that I had to really get to understand. I had to study and figure out how it shows up for me internally. Um, figure out how do I work with it? What What is it here for? What is it trying to show me? How do I work with it? When is it helpful to kind of lean into this thing? And when does it start to impede my, my functioning, right? <clears throat> and so in doing so, I 
understand how it feels to feel like someone is coming down hard on you. But I there is never a time that I call out a behavior and charge it to the person. There's never a time I call out an experience and charge it to the person. And when you feel that way, that is a sign that you are identifying with a thing. And that's how perfectionism presented for me because I've always been very intelligent. I've always done very well at school. A lot of things come easy to me and I learn them easily. So if there was ever a time that I felt challenged by something um, that was difficult for me. And usually the things that I felt challenged by it was not the thing it was a combination of trying to do certain things at the same time (laughs) or not being fully focused right um but when it felt like I made a mistake or I did something wrong it felt like my worth and my lovability were being challenged um and that's why that perfectionist would kick in and tell me you got to do it right it's so weird is is weird for me because as much as my perfectionist would tell me that I have to do it right because I have to do something perfect I can't do this right now because I don't have the capacity to do it perfectly right so that's where the procrastination would come in right and so if any of these things when people would notice any of the fruit of the behavior it would hit me kind of deep because the behavior was a compensatory strategy um for these core beliefs I had about my own lovability and worth uh, related to being perfect and good at stuff, right? And so because those things were all meshed together in my identity, it felt like a personal attack when I heard it, when I received it. Now break down and cry <laughs> because I'm a cancer and I cry. <laughs> no, but it, w- it would be challenging for me to navigate that. And I share that because, beloved, I'm never, let me take that back. Because there are some very horrific behaviors that I have not yet developed the capacity to not judge, right? Like (laughs) certain shit I'm just not going for. But for the most part, if it's something that I'm talking about on this podcast, it's the behavior It's the experience and it's the process behind it that I am discussing. It is never the person. The person is always valuable. The person is always worthy. The person is always lovable, right? And the person is always capable. And that's something that I know to be true. And I know that deep inside of everyone, there is a piece of them that knows it to be true. And so I speak to that. That's what I'm speaking to. And my prayer, like when I started this out and I said, I pray that it falls on open mind, open open hearts and willing ears. Is that I'm speaking to that part in your core that knows. Right. And that it pierces through all of the distortions. That make you misinterpret something. Or misapply something, right? It's piercing through um, any of the narratives that would 
cause you to doubt truth when you hear it. And that's why I have to speak plainly. I can't sugarcoat it. <laughs> but I speak plainly with love and honor for your true essence. And also compassion and knowing that it's not easy, right? Like the same way I said, um, you can always make a choice. I just told y'all about my difficulties with being a perfectionist and procrastinating, right? And then somehow, literally, this is a revelation I'm having while I'm talking. So it may not even be a complete thought. But somehow, I find myself always being busy to kind of support the procrastination, right? I got all of this stuff on my plate. I'm responsible for all of these things. I can't necessarily get to everything. And so because there's this outward experience that I have created that is familiar to me, that I have seen or that I've understood for one reason or another, I've created this external experience so that the people around me who see me and they know me and they know my heart, they are compassionate and understanding about this particular behavior that I'm exhibiting, right? It's a world that I created around me. And it's not that it's a lie, you understand? It's not that it's a lie. The people who extend compassion and grace to me, yes, working two jobs in the mental health field is a lot. And then to have two children that I am responsible for is a lot. To then have family and friends and loved ones experiencing crises in the midst of a collective global crises is a lot, right? These are facts. <laughs> These are facts. But none of those facts negate the fact that me procrastinating is damaging to the goals that I have for myself. Me being um, disorganized and, and fleety, I'm very, I'm very Cancerian. I'm very good with the flow. <laughs> I'll get to it when I get to it. <laughs> and don't ask me no questions. Damn it. <laughs> But in understanding that there are times where that is not conducive to what I'm trying to do and what I want to be and where I'm trying to go. And so I need to embrace discipline, right? And I need to embrace acceptance of knowing, no, this thing might not be your best work. No, this one progress though may not be exemplary of your prolific writing skills. <laughs> But does it say what you did in the session? <laughs> That's what it needs to do. It needs to show what you did in the session and how it relates to the goals and the overall diagnosis of your client. That is what it needs to to show. And being able to accept that those things might not always be the same. I see people almost every day, right? I don't always have words. <laughs> I do a lot of talking. I don't always have words to write. Sometimes I might get a little tired of saying the same words over and over. The client did this. The clinician did that. Examined, explored, focused, discussed, reflected. All these words, right? Sometimes I just don't feel it. But that note got to get done for me to get paid, and then for other people that I work with to get paid too. 
And so I can't sit around and wait and prolong it, right? I got to figure it out. And if that means that it's not going to be perfect, then that's something that I have to process within myself. And I share, once again, that very personal and private example. (laughs) Y'all been getting a lot of personal, private examples from me. I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know what's going on. (laughs) I'm going to have to pray about that later. Because I'm definitely giving y'all a lot more than me than I have done in the past. And I don't know where that's coming from. I got to make sure that's coming from an authentic place. I don't know. I'll have to reflect on that. But anyway, no, I share that to say, like, there are certain things. Two things can be true. Three things can be true. Various things can be true at the same time, right? Yes, I do have this lived experience. And it makes sense that if I'm dealing with this, then I may behave or operate this way, right? It is very possible that if someone is in abusive environments, that they may develop anxiety, right? That if someone is, I'm not even going to go down a list, but it's very possible, right? That does not change the fact that there are behaviors that you're doing and different choices that you can make. One does not negate the other. There's always something, you always have autonomy over yourself. And it's it's very radical, It is very, very radical because the ways that I've gone about creating more balance in my life, if you look at it on paper, it might not make sense to a lot of people. I might look like I'm bugging. (laughs) And it can be even more challenging when collectively everybody's not on the same radical vibe as you. And whereas the things that you're doing need the the impact of a community on the same vibe, if you don't have that, um, it may be challenging to fully execute it. But it is not impossible. And I am not one that believes maybe it's because I'm a social worker. I don't know. Blame my training. But I am not one who believes that accepting personal responsibility for the things that are within your control um, remove the responsibility on external factors. So when I say it is not okay to be okay, that does not eliminate whatever has happened to you or around you to facilitate the development of whatever symptoms that you're having. Um, It does not eliminate the social and collective responsibility to care for people when they may not be at their best. It does not absolve anyone who knowingly, intentionally, or willingly does harm. And it also, again, care for other people, right? It doesn't mean that we look at everybody in every situation and say, oh, you can make a different choice on that particular thing because you don't always know what someone's capacity is same way I said some people's brains and bodies have different capacities and what their alignment is does not look like your alignment and so it's not fair to not even fair it's not helpful to categorize something and expect 
the same thing from anyone who looks like they fit in that category. And so when you talk about being ableist, um, that is speaking to uh, this idea of a, a normal level of functioning and anyone who is um, operating outside of what is deemed normal um, and then expecting them to somehow <laughs> pull themselves up and operate as normal, right? Or uh, discounting and ignoring the needs of these people because this is what's normal and y'all just got to get in where y'all fit in. That is is ableism, right? And in no way, shape, or form is that what I'm saying. So, you know, once again, I hope y'all hear me. For those of y'all who hear, whoever has ears, let them hear, you know? And uh, at the very least, if you don't fuck with it, just know that there is no malice behind what I share. It's always love. It's always honor. It's always respect for those that have it for me. And, you know, encouragement for those who need to find it within themselves in order to extend it to others. And so with that being said, thank you so much for listening. Y'all be blessed.